0: Hey, everyone. Thank you for coming back to MIT podcast. You know, MIT stands for Mindset into Transformation. We believe that everything starts with mindset. Whenever, like whatever you want to achieve in life, you better to have ideas on what you're trying to achieve before you can actually act on it. And what is going to generate your idea is the mindset that you eventually build up for yourself. Today I am so excited to be able to invite one of my good friends Elena to come into our podcast. This is the first time she show up in the podcast, but she has so many amazing things that you guys definitely need to hear about. Elena, thank you so much for your time coming to our podcast today.
1: Thank you so much Ben for having me.
0: Awesome, awesome. So Elena, there's a lot that we should talk about. One thing that I know you, you know, the most is that you are currently serving as a, as a coach to help people improve their mindset. So tell us a little bit about you and why mindset.
1: Yeah, I, I think that I kind of stumbled upon this, at least in terms of the community that we are a part of. So we're both part of Sub2. And so when I first joined Sub2, Pace Morby, our real estate mentor in the community, he would often say, you know, give more value than you take. And for me, I came into the real estate mentorship not knowing much about real estate, but I know and am confident in my, what I know in my professional life, which I, which basically, like, I graduated from Columbia University with my master's in social work. I have a license in clinical social work, which basically means like I could open up my own private practice if I wanted to, to be a therapist. I, for the last 23 years of my life, I've been in the behavioral sciences, social work, you know, kind of just nonprofit community, nonprofit world. And so when I entered into sub two, Pace had quoted Robert G. Allen, and he said that Robert G. Allen, who is Pace's real estate hero. Robert G. Allen said 99.9% of the time when people don't succeed in real estate, it's not due to a lack of information. It's a mindset issue. And so right when he said that, this was, he, I remember that he said this around like probably, I I believe November of 2021, which was a month after I joined the mentorship. And I, that was my light bulb that went off where I said, I'm going to serve the community in the realm of mindset. And so for, for me, the way that I define mindset is everything is rooted in your perception of the world and your perception of how you handle challenges. That's part of, you know, kind of the definition of mindset, that how you deal with life, how you deal with situations, how you deal with your goals, that there's always a root of that issue, for example, as it relates to your childhood. And for me, I specialized in working with children, youth, and families. And so I used to be a family therapist and I have spent a lot of time in really just understanding like childhood trauma and working with children and families. And so a lot of where I go to, to coach on mindset really delves into understanding where your barriers come from. And it's not to focus on the past, right? So for me, this is where I really want to make a delineation of the reason why I decided not to open up my own private practice as a therapist is because I don't want to just talk about the past for the sake of talking about it. Mm-hmm. I, For me, even as a patient where I have received therapy, I'm always very goal-oriented. And so that's how I structure talking about mindset, that's how I structure my coaching program. And I call it therapeutic coaching because you're talking about and you're healing your wounds and you're talking about your past, but it's also to understand how do you set a strong trajectory for the future. And so that's really the basis of a lot of my coaching, just in a very small nutshell, as it relates to the context of how we met through sub two is that that's how I started serving the community was just talking about mindset, mental health how your mental health impacts your mindset. And it's just, I mean, I literally, and we can talk about real estate because this pertains to it is that I quit my W-2. I quit my my hard time job that I had in order to pursue yeah. real estate and coaching full-time. So, yeah.
0: That's that's that's, that's a, another big story that we, we should definitely talk about yes. because jumping off of W-2 is certainly a big decision or that's difficult to decisions to reach. Right. I, I if I can take a step back, you yeah. know, Elena you mentioned about a lot of things that we can dive much deeper. Yeah. Uh, one one thing I really like about is when the you mm-hmm. know, the moments that, that that your light bulb went off was that you realize you have this unique superpower to mm-hmm. serve the communities via mindset.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
0: And even me, myself, I realize, I recognize that a lot of past experience, you know, create hidden blockage
1: mm-hmm.
0: of me taking some actions. Yeah. or even, even the way I unintentionally express, you know, via our conversations or via, you know, making decisions, all that. So, I mean, throughout your career, your practice and the experience helping other people, mm-hmm. how have you, how have you been helping people in exec and what do you see the people who got truly impacted yeah. by those changes, you know, behave?
1: Yeah. So I, I think to answer the first part of your question of, of sort of how I help them, it really is to understand their story first. So a lot of times the way that my sessions look, especially in the beginning are, I just, I really start with where they are, right? I'm just, I ask them, tell me what's going on, right? If if we have like a, you know, our one-on-one session and they're sharing, you know, I have these goals, I have these desires, I have the, you know, this is my why, this is my motivation, right? They're saying all these things. And then they, they feel like, oh, I'm kind of stuck, right? And sometimes it's, they're not really clear of the strategy you know, that they wanna pursue in making money in real estate, for example. And so I will clarify that a little bit. But one, once I find, find out that they're, it's really a mindset issue, I talk about it. And the way that I structure my conversations and the questions, it really is, tell me a time when you were younger where you did something and how did your parents respond so even if it's like you know when you messed up or when you know quote unquote made a mistake or when you came home with a bad grade right like i'm using these air quotes because it just depends on Mm -hmm. sort of how your parents perceive everyone's parents perceived grades and academics and they valued it very differently and so right you know from the you know, I, you're Chinese, I'm Chinese. And so from the Chinese and Asian perspective, there's a joke of like, oh, you know, were your parents tiger parents? Were your parents super strict? And this is not obviously just exclusive to Chinese parents because there's a lot of parents that really put a value on academics as a way to value their child, right? Mm -hmm. Is my child good or not good based on their grades? Just that in and of itself. So that's really, there's, trauma, there's pain, right? There's mindset barriers. If all you were valued by, by your parents were grades, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, yeah. oh my, like I, my parents don't, I, I wasn't really good at at school. So my parents didn't really love me or support me because they looked at me as a f- constant failure. So yeah. then as an adult, right, this, I'm just saying that for example, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't get like terrible grades, but I, I wasn't a straight A student either. Right. So mm-hmm. that was just an example. But what I'm saying is that, so This is, this is like, you know, mindset, the roots of some of the mindset, right? Are, Mm -hmm. it comes from your childhood. It comes from your story. And then as you're an adult, you're trying to pursue these dreams and then it's the same narrative. So it's narrative. What is a narrative? A narrative is a story. A narrative is a story based on a memory. So people will, the way that I help them is I'm trying to have them understand the roots of where that story and that memory of them feeling like a failure of them feeling like they're not good enough. Like where does it come from? Because when you're a child and you experience these things, especially if the parent or your caregiver was not able to help you to process and perceive that experience where it's not your fault, like you could learn lessons from it etc cetera, etc cetera, that you're going to perceive yourself based off of their reaction mm-hmm. meaning that if you come home with a less than ideal you know in their mind less less than an a or an a mm-hmm. plus you come home you show them your grade and then they completely start shaming you blaming you rejecting you mm-hmm. lecturing you making you feel like you're less than then that's really the that's the narrative that's written in your mind is if I don't do it perfectly, I'm not good enough. And so I help them to really, in, in psychology, we call it you know, cogn- cognitive behavioral therapy. We call it reframing, where once I actually am able to understand a little bit of the root of some trauma and pain that impacts their present perception, that then we're trying to rewrite that story, right? We're trying to really help them to understand, well, do you think that you've been a failure because you haven't been able to get good grades or get re- done everything perfectly. And they say, no. Right. Like, I mean, Do you think that you're a complete failure? No. Do you believe that, you know, you should have done perfectly well in receiving straight A's and that you're deficient if you didn't get straight A's? No. So it's like getting them to understand as an adult that that memory no longer no longer needs to hold the weight that it does and it's released. Right. That's part of what it means to kind of heal and, and to let go of the past is that's mm-hmm. a bit of the structure that I help walk my, my clients through.
0: I, I, I love it so much. And I, I have to say rewriting your past memory is so powerful. Yeah. And if, if, if I can share a little bit about, yeah. you know, what I had was I, I wasn't a straight aid you know, kid as well. Mm. But I wasn't that bad either. Mm. And I fully recognized that until when I was 17, when I come to the US, I realized that, oh, although I was not, you know, top 0.1% in, right. in Taiwan, I am still 1% in US. Right. And,
1: <laughs> yeah, and
0: yeah, And then... I, well, I mean, it's improving. It's not, you know, ideal until I actually read the the book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Mm. And one thing hit me so hard was that how, like, like in real world, if you are tackling every single thing yourself and you're not working with a team, you're not working with people who who are naturally born, you know, so good on different area then you can't have a good, you know, have a top team. You can't have an A team.
1: Right.
0: So um, that's when I, re- when I realized, oh, we've been told not to cheat. We've been, we've been told not to work with, you know, different people and try to find the answer together because that would be called, called cheating in mm. our, you know, traditional, you know, education. Right. You can't copy from someone else, you know, even, even if you know that's the right answer right? Hmm. But in real world, after you you become adults, you know that you should always find the best person in that field to help you out.
1: Right. Collaboration. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, that, that sort of helped me address a lot of blockage. So when you say that, rewriting the memory, I feel the power right there. And I can't imagine, you know, how great it would be for like like all the people i I mean if you're just a listener right now listening to our conversation, mm. think about what have happened in your past and just follow what Elena was saying, right? see if you can rewrite it so elena what 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 can people do? say you know they 're listening to our conversation right now, yeah, and because there's so many people out there must. Must be able to use use your service, or you know, reach out. And of course, and I mean, if you can reach out to Elena and you know schedule a coaching, you know, mindset coaching with them, just go right ahead, right? But for, for many other people who are just listening in, what what would you say to them?
1: You know, I'm a big proponent of just having a coach to be able to level up your skill set. And I grew up playing sports my whole entire childhood until the point where, you know, I was getting injured a lot, had surgeries and just wasn't able to continue. But um, for me, the coaching industry in and of itself is a booming industry. And the reason why is that people are understanding the high value of having someone that they can go to specifically to work through... Certain things in order to improve their skill set. So, if you're an athlete, athletes have multiple coaches, right? They have a strengthening coach, they have an endurance coach, they have a, you know, if they have like a particular, you know, whether if they're like on an offensive part of their team or defensive part of the team, they have an offense coach, right? Or they have all these specific coaches that help them to sharpen their skill set. And so, for me, it's like, it was just very natural to kind of fall in this industry because I love being coached and I love coaching people and I love teaching people and I love supporting people. Mm -hmm. And so my Instagram handle is at Elena underscore method. And so that really, that name came from Pace and in terms of the, the, the method part of the name came from Pace because He was kind of coining like certain real estate terminologies from people like Mm. Lonza Method came from it and where it's like, oh, you know, Lonza Method, he coined that term because it's like, oh, you know, Uncle Vincent Lonza, like, you know, he was the guy that really was making a lot of money doing deals creative deals from whole, dead wholesale leads right and so he kind mm-hmm. of coined that as the lanza method and so i wanted to coin the term elena method in terms of that i bought 20 doors last year in 2022 merely by helping people and I never had to make a single seller call so that's where the name came from a little bit and so awesome. you can find me thank you you can find me on instagram at elena underscore method e-l-e-n-a underscore METHOD. But yeah, that's that's one of the great ways that you can connect with me, you can DM me, but I really love working with people. I'm trying to create more products and services to offer my clients, but I really love doing one-on-one coaching. It's something where a lot of people criticize me in saying that as a new business owner that it's not scalable. So I get it, right? Like and you know, kind of your you're in the multi-family space right so multi-family is like you know you're doing the equivalent in the coaching world would be like group coaching right i'm doing single mm-hmm. family <laughs> i'm like i'm just dedicating a lot of my One-on-one. energy exactly yeah so that's but eventually i'd like to get you know we can talk about that too in terms of my real estate yeah. but like you know so for me in my coaching phase right now i'm just really working with individuals and we're working through it i have kind of a, a program that I w- work with my clients through and it asks these questions, right? It asks these questions like, you know, what happened? What are these memories? And a lot of times, you know, people have some trauma that they work through. And so another thing for me is that I'm really, really, I'm a huge proponent of if you're going to talk about mindset and I'm just being completely biased as someone that comes from the psychology and sociology and social work world that for me i believe it's really important for a mindset coach to understand childhood trauma because if someone does experience or has experienced some traumatic things that it's really important to work with in an individual that can help you through that process and you can some coaches that don't specialize in therapy they could recommend a therapist but for me, I'm just being biased because I'm like, I'm a coach and also I, I possess the ability to, you know, kind of provide therapy that I'm like, I'm just being biased and that I'm kind of a two for one, you know, deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I would love to be able to have the opportunity to work with people. So you guys can find me on my Instagram at Elena underscore. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And we will include your social media handles, in our you. page list. And so, you know, I, 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 I believe that most of, our audience on the podcast here is people who just got into real estate, mm. right? And in other episodes, if you have been tuning in, we have been talking about how people go from zero to one. And there are people, you know, on, you know, previously W-2 or there's people who who are, you know, just basically doing doing some construction work and all that become a real estate investor, right? So, you know, In most of our previous episode, we encourage you to learn and take action. But there is a point that you will realize that you are being limited. Mm -hmm. And I'll just give you one example of myself. In 2020 or 2019, Mm -hmm. I once acquired up to 30 doors of small multifamily. Mm. And until 2020s, government start encouraging the tenant not to pay. Yeah. And unfortunately, our portfolio was in the terrible location that many people would take advantage of that. And even one tenant just told us that, why don't you give me the key because we're not paying. We have not paid you for 18 months and you just give me a key. Yeah. It's crazy. And you know, until then, I realized, oh, I, I I'm... I'm I'm doing this wrong. I should not be you know doing whatever I, I was doing. And the moment that we start selling off the portfolio, the tenants set up fire oh. on that pro- on that property, and it took us almost a year to rebuild it. Oh my god! We finally get it right. Yeah. So, but 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 that you know since then I've been starting looking into larger multifamily, you know, and and during that process. I discovered that there's a big mindset blockage of myself mm. because I realize that real estate is a, it's a team sport. When you're buying small multifamily, two-door, three-door, four-door, five-door, seven-door, you can manage yourself. But if you have been in real estate, you would notice most of the mom-and-pop landlord can never exceed 100 units in total. Mm. Right.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: And so, I mean, this is where you notice, you know, there is a barrier here. And the only way that I was able to break off that barrier was to surround myself with people who are already in that big league, like who are doing hundred plus doors and all that. I noticed that the way they're thinking about the projects, the way they talk about The goal and the mindset they have for the planning is so unique, Mm. you know, to the to to me at the time. So I sense that there there got to be something else, and that is actually when I decided to start this podcast because I get to talk to a lot of people Mm. in different area and they're you know has expertise and all that. So. Again, if I can talk to you, you know, people who are listening in, yes, taking the action is great, but my set is, is essentially the thing to determine how high you can climb yeah. and how big of a thing you can do. Absolutely.
1: Do oh, absolutely. At the last event that Pace Morby put on, it was, he called it community camp. It was in Montana and Cody Barton, his business partner actually spoke at the event. And he said that your levels, your level of success will never outpace your personal development. And I'm kind of just paraphrasing that. And so when we think about this idea of wanting to reach whatever goals and success that we want to accomplish, and especially, you know, a lot of times the reality is, is that a lot of people put financial goals and that's totally fine. That's not a bad thing. But if you're only trying to develop the skill set that it requires to make money, like, oh, I'm going to, I need to learn how to underwrite better. I need to learn how to comp better. I need to learn how to buy a wholesale or, or open up a wholesaling business, whatever it is, right? Or, or whatever business, right? That if you don't actually intentionally also work on your mindset to parallel the journey of fin- finances, for example, that that quote is very true. And it's really interesting that someone like Cody Barton would mention that too, because it, you know, he, he's so focused on business and, you know, growing the businesses that he owns with pace, for example, that I just, I haven't necessarily heard him share that. Right. And so I was actually really happy that he said that because personal development and, you know, mindset is under personal development, that umbrella, that it's incredibly, incredibly important. And a lot of times people forgo working on their mindset and they forgo working on their mental health. And then they wonder why they burn out. They wonder why they procrastinate. They wonder why Mm -hmm. they have all imposter syndrome, all these things. And there's just a direct correlation in it. And so it is incredibly important, right? Because you're understanding, once you hit a blockage, you have to ask yourself what's going on. Mm -hmm. Is it that you're doing the skill incorrectly or and or is it that you're doing this skill set incorrectly and that you don't have the right mindset right is your mindset impacting your ability to carry out the skill set correctly or not or as well as you can be mm-hmm. right so yeah
0: yeah exactly i i i was i was i was curious initially uh, yeah. when i noticed i was limited somehow mm and then I actually hire a coach and this is way before I joined Sub2. Oh cool. So my my mentor actually was was was, you know, a program in Jason Dree's program. Oh cool. Yeah, and Jason Tree also has been focusing on mindset. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned a lot of terminology like framing like you have talked about. And I realized that, yeah, there are a lot of things that I think I should do, but I have been putting it off. Oh, yeah. And that 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 essentially is what's stopping me from moving forward because what you're preventing to do is usually the thing you should definitely do.
1: Oh, that's right. A, yeah.
0: Yeah. So when you when you talk to your your clients or you're helping people, do do they always recognize they have a blockage or do they just come in and say, I tried to grow and for some reason I've been here for Year, two years, three years, five years, or
1: whatever. It depends. I, I I think that if they're talking with me, then most of the time they're not necessarily aware, and so that's really the the beauty of what I get to do in working in my expertise and in my superpowers is really just asking deep questions. Like I always right. say, can I dig a little bit further? Can I dig a little bit further? Can I dig a little bit further? Because I I usually kind of teach people to help them understand that if you look at an iceberg, right, there's this iceberg analogy that psychologist by the name of, you know, Sigmund Freud, he would say that our minds are comprised of the conscious mind, the what he would call either pre-conscious or subconscious mind, and then there's the unconscious mind. And so Mm -hmm. if you look at a iceberg, when you if you're obviously if you're, you know, above water, and you're looking at an iceberg, you're like, oh, the iceberg's not that big, right? I mean, that's like, Mm -hmm. probably the people in the the Titanic, they're like, oh, the iceberg is not that big. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that the tip of the iceberg is probably the smallest part of the iceberg, and that the majority of the iceberg is underwater. And so I use that analogy to help people understand that you might have an understanding of things going on in your mind, Only as it relates to the conscious mind, the surface, but how I structure my conversation, how I structure questions, I'm always trying to get down deeper, deeper, deeper into their subconscious and unconscious mind, because that's where a lot of the clues are. That's Mm -hmm. where a lot of the clues are of where the roots of those barriers come from. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that, that's sort of how I help people to get down to a deeper level to understand, like, you know, you know, again, like uh, having a coach just reframe things, right. But we can only reframe what we are aware of. And if you're not aware Mm -hmm. that there is a root or a barrier, then that's a lot of the, you know, the process is, you know, especially from a coach is that, that we're asking the right questions.
0: Right. Right. Well, this is already fascinating conversation you know with 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 just a short 30 minutes we've gone through so many things that can help people no matter you're stuck or you're not where you want to be right i mean like like look into your past and see if 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 the, there's you know possibility that the past trauma are actually blocking you from moving forward exactly and and if so, reach out to Elena. Um, <laughs>
1: Thank
0: you. Or, or, or tune into her, you know, social media. I mean, she she continuously, you know, sharing uh, very valuable information to help you. So I want I do want to jump into the next topic yeah. because guys, if you are listening and and you think Elena is just a mindset coach, <laughs> then you're dead wrong.
1: Okay? <laughs> she
0: she has I am not sure if you heard, but but she's, she just has done twenty plus door last year, right? Was, yep. it la- was it last year or this year?
1: In 2022.
0: 2022, 20 doors. How many of you have not got 20 doors last year, right? Let's that's, that's talk about your angle, you know, basically doing real estate, mm-hmm. right? There's so many ways doing real estate. And, you know, most people talk about real estate, they think about wholesaling, they think about buy and hold and all that. But apparently you have a very unique way to be able to acquire so many real estate without having one seller call? How'd you do it?
1: So I will say that I do have a bit of a unique experience, but I wanna be able to ensure the viewer that you could extract the value of what I applied without being in my shoes. So a couple of different things. So one is I, For me, the way that I like to relate to people is I really like to build rapport and I like to provide value to them. And so that could look very different for many different people in many different ways. But when I joined Sub2, I was really focusing a lot of my effort in just pouring a lot of value into as many people and generally into the community as possible. And so I think that as a viewer you don't have to have just you could figure out what what it is that you love to do that if you didn't have to if you weren't paid for it what would you do for free and that's part of how you could provide value and the reason why it's important that I that I ask you or that you ask yourself what it, what is it that I do that I love doing that I could do for free and the reason why that's important is because when you're trying to pour value and you're trying to pour value a lot of times people have this expectation of like I'm going to give a dollar and I better get a dollar back or if I give a dollar I better get 2 dollars back but for mm-hmm. me I never focused on I never focused on necessarily calculating or trying to kind of tally oh are they giving back I'm just like mm-hmm. value 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 and and in many ways part of that is if you look at it from a real estate perspective i call it relational equity so what does that mean you know from a value from a perspective of trying to you know serve or connect with people is you're just a caring person first of all right and you're a genuine person you're not trying to be opportunistic and so for me I just, I tried to provide as much support as I could to people. And a lot of people that did sell me deals, they kind of knew me as a person that was what Pace, you know, was really trying to instill in the value and the culture as a go-giver, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing. But I, I think the other thing that I really focused on as it relates to Letting the people know, letting the community know, or just people in general that I was a buyer is that I would let them know I'm a buyer. <laughs> like there it's it's this whole idea of like clothes, mouths don't get fed. And mm-hmm. a lot of times people, number one, they don't know what they want. And number two, they don't communicate what they want. So if you're coming into real estate, you need to figure those two things out. What did it what do you want? And then you need to communicate it. Because I've spoken with a lot of people where I ask them, "Well what do you want to accomplish in real estate and they don't know they're very lost, and a lot of times people assume that they have to be a wholesaler in order to get into to real start. estate, and it just doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense like a lot of I've run into a lot of conversations recently where people were like oh i'm cold calling like why are you cold calling like you that cold calling should be a job that is reserved for, you know, a virtual assistant that, you know, it's whatever, (laughs) right? Like it's just cold calling is such a painful job that the majority of people don't last. And so Mm -hmm. that's why you need to replace that job with someone whose job it is, you know, and you're, a lot of people, they pay virtual assistants that work, you know, in other countries where you could pay them, you know, three, mm-hmm. four five dollars an hour to just cold call and just hit the phones. Yeah.
0: Right. Right.
1: But one thing that I, I want to add to that, though, is that what I've been encouraging people to do when it comes to real estate is calculate what your hourly worth, what is your hourly rate worth? And it doesn't have to just be in real estate. But the reason why I help them to do that is because cold calling, you're essentially creating a job for yourself.
0: Right. Mm hmm.
1: And the thing that I try to teach them is you need to understand how do you create the highest velocity of your time and money? And if you don't understand how to create your velocity, your, the highest velocity of your time and money, and you're doing cold calling for, you know, two, three, four, five, six months without getting any deal, then you're essentially working for someone for free, for free. and not making yeah. a dime out of it. Exactly. And so so the the replacement of that is my encouragement is work for someone that has a high operating wholesale business where you mm -hmm. could learn about real estate in that way.
0: Right, right. And besides, you will be basically being paid to learn, right?
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned about a very important point was figuring out your hourly rate. Yeah. Like how how much you think you deserve to get right. paid every hours. Right. And to be honest, the first time I was hearing about this, I was literally just thinking about what prevented me from saying a million per hour.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. so I guess what I'm trying to figure out is what is a realistic way to define your hourly rate?
1: Sure. I mean, so, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So the reason why i mention to not factor in like your real estate experience per se is especially you know again when we when we say that we're talking to maybe people that are in the audience that are listening that are new into real estate then a lot of people are like oh my hourly rate is nothing right i'm like that's not true my point being is even just looking at like if if people were if someone were to compile their resume and they were going to look for a job. That's how you calculate your hourly rate is you're saying, okay, I have X amount of experience in this. I have X amount of experience in this. And then the reason why I have them look at their history of their CV, their resume is because that essentially is on a, on a practical level in the, you know, sort of corporate world or just the, mm-hmm. the outside world, non-real estate related, that's actually what your hourly rate is worth right yeah. and so the reason why i i compare it to doing something like cold calling on you know a wholesale team or even that they are doing it on their own they're creating their own wholesale business on their own by doing cold calling which doesn't make any sense even more <laughs> is that that again when i i, I think about it this way velocity of time and money create the greatest velocity of time and money is that for me, I would much rather pour my time and money into doing something where I can create the most amount of money or make the most amount of money even if it's not related to real estate because ultimately money is money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where exactly. it's coming from. Money is money because yeah. ultimately you're trying to create that money in or- order to invest or you're trying to create opportunities in order to network. And and so mm-hmm for me, I'm not about to cold call as my method of, of, you know, getting into real estate.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, no, I was just going to say that. So basically your hourly rate yes. is determined by the free market and what's your opportunity cost.
1: Correct. Correct.
0: Basically, if you are not to do this, what is the max amount you would be able to get elsewhere? Right. 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 So for people who to our high w2 earner. earner
1: oh yeah even more so right yes
0: <laughs> you should not be doing ever. the co-calling
1: <laughs> ever yeah ever lead management now it makes is different, a lot of though. sense but lead let me just clarify yeah. though too to delineate the difference lead management is a little bit different because if we're if we're going to talk about the process of like wholesaling for example that you know that the wholesale company pulls a list they skip trace it they get all the phone numbers And then the cold calling is the first conversation with the seller, the, the, you know, the seller. And so Mm -hmm. that's the first filter, right? And it's very, it's very painful because you're, you're getting a lot of no's before you get a yes or a maybe. So lead management is you're the person that follows up to ensure that, that they're still open to selling and then you're mm-hmm. just clarifying the information and then you're trying to qualify how hot that lead is. Right. Because mm-hmm. if they said yes to your cold caller, then it's like, you're trying to qualify time frame. You're trying to qualify how quickly do you want to sell it? Right. And just gathering some more information if you're not necessarily the closer. And then it's like you pass that phone number to the closer. That's going to, negotiate the deal and then you you get a signed contract, right? So right. lead management is different because you get paid a little bit more. It's a little bit of a higher skill set in terms of negotiations, a little bit, right? And mm-hmm. and you're learning just a different process. So I mm-hmm. always encourage people like and, and that also because lead managers make a little bit more money, is that that is a good way that you're making more money, right? You're not just yeah. replacing the job of a VA that is, you know, that could be paid three four five dollars an hour to do it so
0: yeah exactly so still comparing to your opportunity costs and basically yes. the basic maximum you would be able to get out of this free market right right to compare awesome yeah. so today we touched on a lot of things and alina i want to thank you so much for Absolutely. coming to our podcast this this is a fascinating conversation and and there's actually a lot more we should talk about what, but I do want to touch on one last thing yeah, before yeah. we wrap this up. Mm-hmm. One thing you keep you, I, I, I heard you mention a lot was to believe in yourself, mm. right? And this, this, this is actually something resonate with me a lot.
1: Mm.
0: We talk about jumping off of W two, quitting W two, starting your own business, or starting your your own, you know, real estate, or basically do much much bigger thing, either in mm-hmm. real estate or business you know, world or anything else. Yeah. So what do you have to share with people in terms of belief?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So a lot of times people struggle with confidence because their current belief is that they're, they haven't accomplished all of their goals. I have not accomplished all of my goals, but yet I still have a high belief in myself. And so I will... You know i will have to share just based on my context that myself as a christian like that is part of where i receive my confidence is spiritually just knowing my relationship with god knowing that i'm always going to be taken care of that that is that is where i draw my confidence from um so i but i'm also going to share or and i'm also going to share from the perspective of what does it look like on a practical level if you're you know not yet Christian how do you develop your confidence how do you gauge your confidence right and so a lot of times people struggle and they say i haven't done everything that i wanted to do i've had all these ideas they've failed i don't really i don't have high confidence mm-hmm. but they're measuring their confidence based on the things that they haven't done yet or that they didn't do as well and so that for me it, that's the equivalent of Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan saying, I'm going to qualify how I am as a basketball player on how many shots I've missed. That makes zero sense. No. Right. They're mm-hmm. like, Oh, I missed that game winning shot. I'm a failure. I missed that free throw. I'm a fa- I'm a failure. I'm going to look at all the stats in which I failed and I'm going to say, Oh, that's my level of confidence is how many times I've messed up like that. But that's really the process that people go through in their minds is they qualify their confidence and their belief in themselves based on what they haven't done.
0: So the,
1: the reverse of that is to really, I call it stacking confidence. So in every person that is probably at the stage of like wanting to consider entrepreneurship, wanting to consider being a real estate investor, You have done enough in your life where you recognize that you want to pursue something bigger. So by having that mindset already, what that tells me is that you've accomplished enough in your life, not on a monetary value basis, but just you have accomplished a lot in your life or you've overcome a lot in your life that has pushed you to the perspective and pushed you to the point where you want to become an investor To become an entrepreneur. So Mm -hmm. you actually have to look back all the way from as early as possible and ask yourself, what are the times that I did something well that I was proud of? And stack that every time stack that, oh, I did this. I was really proud of myself. I did this. I was really proud of myself. I did this. So for example, I jokingly will tell people that some of my earliest memories were, I remember when I was like probably five years old and my parents put me in my parents put me in a in a, a community rec recreation league where I played T ball. And I was mm-hmm. five years old and I hit a home run. And literally that's like, oh, that's my first early memory of sacking confidence. And then, oh, I when I was in high school, I I was in a summer league and I made five three pointers in, you know, in the basketball game. Mm-hmm. And I remember that memory very well. Right. Or I got awarded MVP in a uh, basketball league another year. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I, you know, all these different memories, right. It's like you, you have to really go back as far as possible. And that's actually how you stack your confidence to the perspective. You're like, Oh, I've, I've overcome a lot too. Right. I've overcome these painful things in my life. I've overcome these traumatic events in my life. I've overcome these battles and struggles in my life. And so that's where I can understand I'm actually capable of so much. Why would I ever doubt myself because of all the things that I've accomplished or overcome that that's what I take with me in my in my journey. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I recommend for people to do is don't look at what you've not done yet or that you have in your mind, quote unquote, failed at as a way to gauge your confidence. That doesn't make any sense. So use that basketball basketball analogy, right? In terms of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, it's like every time that they walk into the onto the court, or every time that they're gonna make a free throw, or every time that they're gonna think that they're gonna make the winning shot, they're telling themselves, "I've done it before; I can do it." So love it,
0: yeah, love it. I, I, you know, I, I I love the story that you just talk about. You know, in and I'm 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 actually a big baseball baseball oh cool guy and nice. And you know the best baseball hitter would miss six times out of ten times. Right. And you would you would be able to put this baseball player into you know Hall of Fame or whatever. Right. Right. You have to miss six times. Yeah. Okay. So I mean you know if 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 these people stack their failure, then right. they're a big failure. But if you're right. stacking, you know, when they get hit or when they you know hit a home run, right? Right. I'm sure that is a completely different trajectory.
1: It's totally So,
0: different. yeah. So today I, I, I want to thank Elena again, you know, with, with all these value and the mindset related topic is something that we don't touch on specifically in our, you know, episodes. So if you guys are listening in, you guys are lucky because you get opportunity to be aware and, you know, recognize your, your basically life journey. And figure out how you can help yourself to go to the next level. Yeah. Elena, how can people find you other than your IG handle?
1: So I actually have a free Facebook group. It's called Elena Method Coaching. I believe that's the name. Let me double check. Yeah. It's, and it's, I'll put
0: that link in, yeah. the, in the podcast note.
1: Yeah. It's Elena Method Mindset Coach, actually, is the, the name of the free Facebook group. You know, I try to provide as much value in terms of, like, free content. Yeah, just as many different kind of tools and mind perspectives to have to really help encourage people to strengthen their mindset. So
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. And is there, like, books or anything that you encourage people to read other than your, like, note and content you put out?
1: Yeah, there's one of my favorite books that I recommend people to read is this book by dr nicole lapera it's called how to do the work and i'll send you the link for it but dr nicole lapera l e p e r a i believe how mm. to do the work it's a phenomenal book the psychologist her her handle on instagram is the holistic psychologist but that's a really really good entry point way to understand how your past and your traumas impact your present even on a physiological like body level that a lot of, and I'm not going to go into this deep at all, but like a lot of times people say like, Oh, I have these medical illnesses or I have like ADHD or I have these addiction issues like in their passed down and whatever. But she gives like a really, really good perspective that our trauma and our family's generational trauma is what impacts our present day in terms of our physiology, our genetics, our, you know, habits, if you will, and whatnot. So that's a really, really, really good book that if you don't want to hire me as your coach, and you don't have the finances, for example, but you want to delve into mental health, that's a really, really good book that I encourage everyone to read.
0: Love it. Love it. Elena. thank you again. You're always welcome to come back to, to, my, to our podcast. Thank I'm,
1: you. I'm more than willing to come back. And if there's topics that people want me to talk about, like I'm more than happy to. So thank you so much for having me on.
0: Awesome, awesome, guys! If you're listening, and leave us some review or some feedback. Anything else you want to hear, Elena, to talk about? I'll compile that, those and you know use that as an excuse to invite Elena back. Would love to. Thank you. Thanks I'll so see you guys in the next episode.